0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord, and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. So that first lesson you heard today, the Old Testament lesson from Isaiah 63, starting at verse 7, speaks about what I will recount, and it says what they will recount. What I want you to think about is what will you recount. So I want you to think first, there's going to be a few questions put together, but they're going to, I hope they fit for you. Okay? So the first question is, what did you... What happened? What experience did you have over Christmas? Okay, So just think about that for a moment. What experience did you have over Christmas? And then how did you interpret it? How do how you feel about it? What, what happened with it? Okay, And then, secondly, take a long term because we're in between Christmas and the New Year. So I want you to think about, I want you to recount what happened over Christmas and how you interpreted it. And then what's happened this past year? Take some time, and one of the reasons I want you to do this is it's really powerful. It fits with what I want to talk about today, and secondly, we get ourselves so busy, right? We're so busy watching TV, checking out the games, looking at different things, doing, always busy, doing, 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 doing. I don't know how good of a job we do to slow down and remember. Now, some of you are probably really good at it. But are there any of us where we just, we always got to find the next thing to do? And we miss out on thinking. So I want you to take some time, recount over the Christmas season, and then over the past year, something that's happened that's a big deal, and how you interpret it. And then I want you to do the really uncomfortable thing that I ask you to do once in a while, and that is talk to somebody else about it. All right, sorry I asked you to do something big like that and then don't give you quite enough time to do it, but hopefully you'll share more after church. What I'd like to, to share with you is I went down to see, uh, to see Ron and just share with him for a moment and what I really enjoyed was I had a chance over the Christmas season to go to his apartment and spend a couple of hours with his son and daughter-in-law and just, just talk about all sorts of things. It was just a, a real hoot for me. And then I said, Ron, so what have you experienced this last year? And he says, well, I've experienced um, no more watching my wife suffer. And so she's done with that. And so there's a real peace because he knows that she is now done with her suffering and is with God. So much better. And when we think of that, a a big deal that he recounts and he remembers, and I'm sure not just once in a while, that's going to be with him as he mourns. And what want us to think about is when we recount, we might look at the gospel lesson for today and we hear that story again about the slaughter of the innocents. And as you look at the slaughter of the innocents, you, you might think, oh no, what's happening here? This doesn't make any sense. Why, why would God allow something like that to happen? Do you ever think that? Why would God allow something like the slaughter of the innocents, all those little boys, two years old and under, just to be slaughtered in Bethlehem and the surrounding region? We don't know if that's a lot of kids or not because Bethlehem's a pretty small place. But it's Bethlehem and the surrounding region, so we have no clue how many. But even if it's just one, it's a tragedy. And to think of Jan suffering like she did is a real tragedy. And to think about going through what you went through, you know, it just, when we think of those different things, it makes us want to lament. Now, we don't ever, how how many times in the last year have you used the word lament? (laughs) Don probably used it more because, I mean, he does different things, okay? But the rest of us are like, I never use that word, okay? What does the word lament mean? To cry. To cry out. And what was so interesting is I looked at that passage in Isaiah and I did some other reading around it and I read the surrounding context. Okay? It's so interesting that this is laid out for us as part of a, as the first part of a lament. And so the first part of a lament is to recount and if we look at what Isaiah says in chapter 63, it says, "I will recount the steadfast love of the Lord, the praises of the Lord, according to all that the Lord has granted us and the great goodness to the house of Israel that he has granted them according to his compassion, according to the abundance of his steadfast love." I want to think about the steadfast love of the Lord. I want to think about how awesome he is. And this picture up here I asked Roberto put it up and it's just great. He did a great job with it. And that is It's the Red Sea. I want you to think about how faithful God is. His great love and compassion as the people of God cried out again and again and again, deliver us. And God did. In this miraculous, awesome way. God is a God of steadfast love. Because you know what the scripture talks about with those people of Israel? When they were there in Egypt, they were idolaters. They didn't have it just right. They messed up. Just like the people of Israel, Isaiah when he starts his his writing, he says, You people are dumber than a box of rocks. Okay? An animal knows where to go to find his food, but you don't. You keep running after all these other gods. You're messing up. And then when they come back from exile, guess what? They start intermarrying, and which again is what got Solomon in trouble. (laughs) They just don't. We just don't get it. And we cry out to God and say, God, how could you allow this to happen? God, how could you allow the slaughter of the innocents? How could you allow all these different things to happen? In the middle of all of that, I wonder what we recount. Do we ever just recount what that horrible thing that person did to us? And we play it over and over and over again in our mind. Does that ever happen? The injustice of what God allows. How could God be a good God if he allows all of that to happen? Do you ever recount the bad things that have happened and only those things? Do you recount just simply your struggles and how you wish it was different? And we miss out on so much because we don't recount the steadfast love of the lord. Well, how does that fit with laments, pastor? Okay. Well, 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7 says this, cast all your anxiety on me, God says, because I care for you. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Listen to it. Cast all your anxiety on him. Would you say that with me? Cast all your anxiety on him. Because he cares for you. Because Because he he cares for you. Okay, so why in the world does this whole idea of recounting all the steadfast love of the Lord, why does that fit with a lament? Well, I will never lament to my God and actually ask for him to change things if I don't trust that he's going to listen to me and love me. think on this for a second we have the terrors of life, the slaughters of the innocent, the horrible crappy stuff that happens in your life and in my life, in those moments do you ever just try and say I'm determined, I, it made me laugh when I saw it on a different video I thought you mean I'm not the only screwball that's ever done this Okay, so I struggle with my food right? and so when I've eaten too much I've been known to say to myself I ain't ever eaten again like, so I, you know, the wrong kind of L. You know, th- this is good, right? Trust God, love my neighbor, or just a loser here, okay? Because I'm like, come on now, that's just not going to happen. That's silly, that's, f-. but you know what's happening there is instead of lamenting to God, I'm simply saying, I'm determined. I'm going to try harder to make this work. I'm going to understand everything because I'm a good human that thinks I can and I think everything's under my control, so I just have to try really hard, and I'm determined to this little phrase that Larry Crabb has that I just love. To make my life work my way. Could you say that phrase with me? Make my life work my way. Thanks for laughing. <laughs> Do you see how foolish that is? Jackson got to it first. (laughs) Make my life work my way? Really? There's so much stuff outside of our control. The pursuit of making my life work my way is idolatry. It's setting me up as God to do what I can't do and just leads me to more frustration and emptiness. Have you experienced that? But you know, we're good humans. We just keep trying. And we just grow more and more and more determined. I'll make it on my own. I'll make it work this time. You know how many times I've made the resolution to stop eating poorly or emotionally or to distract myself from whatever I'm supposed to feel? You know how many times I've been successful? Yeah, you all. Exactly right, Jim. Zero! (laughs) Zero, zero, zero. Yes, zero times. And yet I'm a good human. I'll try again. Or I won't. Or I'll actually lament to God and say, this is really hard, God. The slaughter of the innocents is really hard. What's happening sometimes in our nation is really hard. What goes on with our government is really hard. What's happening in my own life and relationships is really hard. What's happening with my emotional and intellectual difficulties is really hard. And I can try, 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 or I can lament to God and say, Would you please take care of it? Because I remember that I can cast all my anxiety on you because you care for me. I told this little story in, in Bible class this morning. I just want to share it with you as well. The whole idea of casting your anxiety on God, it works out. See, it's, it's, it doesn't make sense because for all the fishermen here, you cast and you reel it back in, right? Unless you're me in Granite Falls, Minnesota, at the Minnesota River. And I'm fishing away, and I must have put some bait on or something. And so then I got it in my hand, and I went, zing. And when I went, zing, I had a slippery hand, and out went my pole. (laughs) And it's the Minnesota River, so it just took it and went. I guess my fishing experience is over for the day. Wouldn't it be great if when we cast our stuff on God, on Jesus, it would slip out of our hands, and we wouldn't take it back again? Dear God, you are so very good. You are faithful. Look what you did for your people of old. Oh, look what you did for your people of old. Look what you did for your people of old. Look what you do for your people today. Look what you do through your word continually as your spirit brings home and does in me what I can't do on my own. Right? What I can't seem to stop, what I'm batting 0% to do, God does in his time, in his way. So I can say, dear God, look, at this is who you are. This is who you are who you have been. And I trust and I know that you are good. And by the way, here's all the really crappy, horrible stuff that's going on that doesn't make any sense to me and I can't figure out. And it's way over my head and it's too difficult for me to deal with. That's how bad it is. Oh, by the way, would you do something about it? That's what happens in Isaiah 63, 7 through Isaiah 64. But it also happens in Psalm 44. Would you just let me read that to you? You don't have any choice because I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) Just listen while I read it to you. And listen for those three parts. Listen for those three parts. And let these three parts be a gift for you for how to handle the junk in your life as you head into the new year. We have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us what you did in their days. And days long ago, with your hand, you drove out the nations and planted our fathers. You crushed the peoples and made our fathers flourish. It was not by their sword that they won the land, nor did their arm bring them victory. It was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your face, for you loved them. You are my king and my God, who decrees victories for Jacob Through you we push back our enemies. Through your name we trample our foes. I do not trust in my bow. My sword does not bring me victory. My determination doesn't win the day. But you give us victory over our enemies. You put our adversaries adversaries to shame. And God, we make our boast all day long. And we will praise your name forever, recounting the steadfast love of the Lord. But now you have rejected and humbled us. You no longer go out with our armies. You made us retreat before the enemy, and our adversaries have plundered us. You gave us up to be devoured like sheep and have scattered us among the nations. You sold your people for a pittance, gaining nothing from their sale. You have made us a reproach to our neighbors, the scorn and derision of those around us. You have made us a byword among the nations, that the people shake their heads at us. My disgrace is before me all day long. And my face is covered with shame at the taunts of those who reproach and revile me because of the enemy who is bent on revenge. All this happened to us, though we have not forgotten you or been false to your covenant. Our hearts have not turned back. Our feet have not strayed from your path. But you crushed us and made us a haunt for jackals and covered us over with deep darkness. If we had forgotten the name of our God or spread out our hands to a foreign God, would not God have discovered it? Since he knows the secrets of our heart? Yet for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Awake, O Lord. Why do you reject? I'm sorry, why do you sleep? Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our misery and oppression? We are brought down to the dust. Our bodies cling to the ground. Rise up and help us. Redeem us because of your unfailing love. What a gift we have in Psalm 44. And what a reminder for us. Cave went from April through October. What? November. November. could she not lament what she was going through? Mark's still in the middle of his lamenting. Delma is going through her own lamenting. Those are all health issues. I won't even bring up the marital issues that people are lamenting or the mental, emotional issues that others are lamenting. Is there anybody here who doesn't have something to lament about? And what our God is asking us for Christmas is, would you use the gift I give you? Would you remember my awesome love for you that caused me to give my son to die? So you can stop those coping mechanisms that don't work even a little bit. Amen?